Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love not typing. mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Cheera. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired and ready to discuss and review Earth Prime number one, Batwoman, which was written by Natalie Abrams and Kelly Larson. Artist on this issue is Clayton Henry. Colorist is Marcelo Maiolo. I think. My apologies if I'm mispronouncing anybody's names. Uh, letterer is Tom Napolitano and Kim Jacinto is the cover artist and Nino uh, Munoz uh, drew the photo variant cover. I hope I got at least part of those names correct uh, but uh, those are the credits for the issue. The description for this issue reads, quote, spinning out of the hit CW shows, Earth Prime continues the adventures of your favorite heroes from the small screen. While each issue focuses on a different Arrowverse series, a threat lurks in the background out to finally bring these heroes to their knees. Ever since the tech that created many of Batman's, Batman's rogues hit the streets, uh, Ryan Wilder has been running herself ragged, trying to contain the new villains popping up around Gotham City. But when Clayface's mud binds itself to a local high schooler, Batwoman will need help from an unexpected source in order to contain this muddy foe. Also, follow how Luke Fox balances his life as a superhero and a boyfriend, unquote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, this other thing. <laughs> which I'm going to be upfront and honest, I did not read. Uh, because oh, it did, you I, 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 quite a quite a quite a yarn. You, you have to catch me. I, I will. Because <laughs> I only read the Lena, the, the Lena I went Loser on a story. whole journey uh, with, with Luke and well, his I'm relationship curious. issues yeah. and... Yeah, how does he time. do it? How does... does he juggle it all? <laughs> Luke said, I can have it all. <laughs> uh, I love it when we get to uh, work Liz Lemon and 30 Rock <laughs> into uh, Supergirl Radio. Uh, so that is the uh, issue description for Earth Prime number one. Batwoman. And the reason that we are talking about this issue is because uh, the unexpected source, <laughs> I think, is uh, the appearance of Lena Luther uh, in Gotham City, which uh, is the Katie McGrath, McGrath Lena Luther specifically. Uh, this isn't just generic Lena Luther. It looks like Katie McGrath. Uh, I don't know if she talks like Katie McGraw. We'll talk, we'll discuss that a little bit. Uh, but uh, she uh, she has Lena uh, Luther's experiences from the show and uh, talks about things related to the series. So this is very specifically uh, Lena Luther based on the Katie McGraw version from the Supergirl TV series. Oh, 
No, I, I now have timeline questions, but we'll get to that now. <laughs> something, it was like you said something and a light bulb just like turned on in a dark room in my mind. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Let's talk about it now so you, so you don't forget. Have you already forgotten what it was? No. Oh, um, okay. okay. So in this issue, right, this issue that's set in like mid or early Batwoman season three. but. After the Supergirl series finale. There you go. That's what that was my that was my question. Because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's is that those were taking those were taking place? So okay. So Supergirl ends, but Batwoman continues, right? So like super so Supergirl ended somewhere in the early part of Batwoman season three, apparently. I guess line wise, I guess so. That's where they're putting this. Um, uh, to be transparent, I haven't watched Batwoman since season one, episode two, so I'm quite behind. So you, you are more behind than me. <laughs> I haven't watched Batwoman since season one. So Ryan Wilder is a new character to me. She, uh, I have not seen her in action in any way. So yeah, so I had. I didn't even think about the timeline until we got on to this. Honestly, it <laughs> never occurred to me that like the timeline's kind of weird. And then I was like, wait a minute. So there are some context clues in the issue uh, to figure out where we are. Uh, the biggest one is uh, there is, <laughs> yes. there is a little uh, daily planet headline that says Supergirl revealed is Cara Danvers. Uh, so apparently Catco, uh, the National City Tribune, didn't get to have that as the exclusive. I guess the Daily Planet got that. <laughs> so, and Gotham, Gotham City, like the Gotham City Gazette or whatever, didn't even get that. Or they're they're only carrying the Daily Planet, this newsstand apparently in <laughs> Gotham City. Uh, but that is definitely after the show has ended because that happens in the Supergirls uh, Supergirl series finale, uh, aka the last episode of the show. Yeah, like I knew it took place after Supergirl ended because they're talking about a lot of like Supergirl finale stuff. Lena mentions the Lena Luther Foundation, uh, mm -hmm. Trees for All. And uh, <laughs> and that headline is in the background. So I knew it took place like post the timeline of the Supergirl TV show. But then I was like questioning to myself like, well... Did, was that happening around this point in the Batwoman season? Uh, and then I just like went down a, a rabbit hole. I see that um, a silhouetted animator in the chat says that there was a time gap between season six, episode one, uh, or between the gauntlet and magical thinking between season six, episode one and two. So it's so hard to, to tell nowadays, I guess in the, uh, the, the, I don't know if we're post COVID. I don't know what to call this time that we're living in right now. Uh, but it's it's difficult because they it used to be in the old days, in the before times, <laughs> in the before times for sure. Um, TV shows would premiere in like September or October, and they would end around April May. That was your TV season, and now it's like whenever you have episodes, just whenever. And so they don't start at the same time. They don't end at the same time. They don't have the mm -mm. same amount of episodes. So it's like, who knows anymore? It's, so it's all just kind of all over the place. <laughs> so if you're telling me that the Supergirl, the TV show ended around sometime in early season three of Batwoman, like in the Arrowverse timeline. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. I unless, accept. <laughs> unless you're watching them live as they are airing. Exactly. You, you just, you just, or if you looked it up on the internet, you could also do that if you really wanted to. Um, <laughs> but that's a lot of work to keep up with these. So episodes. much. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we will take everybody's uh, words uh, in the chat uh, for keeping us up to date because uh, some some people in the chat like Rachel uh, are up to date on Batwoman and can answer our questions if we have them and we nice. might have some I'm gonna have plenty <laughs> <laughs> all right so um, I guess let's uh, let's get to the heart of why we uh, decided to talk about this issue uh, the leaner the Lena Luther of it all. Um, so, Morgan, what did you think about uh, Lena's, not her first comic book appearance, because Lena Luthor has been in the comics since the Silver Age, uh, but the Katie McGrath version of Lena Luthor. I think this is her first comic book appearance. So, uh, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that is correct. Uh, so, Morgan, what did you think about getting to see this version of Lena in the comics? I thought it was fun to see Lena. I went into this kind of, um, kind of uh, cold because I actually got to read it <laughs> one entire exciting day early because uh, we were originally we had plans to record our episode for Legends on it um, at a different date. And then we kind of moved our dates around. So we were like, oh, no, we have to read it, you know, before it comes out. <laughs> so I was reading this and I was like, Lena, <laughs> I, I did not expect to see her at all. I hadn't heard any scuttlebutt about her being in the issue. And so when uh, Ryan goes to um, to the headquarters and she, you know, she bumps into Lena, I was like, hey, Lena, what's up, girl? How you doing? It's <laughs> uh, just like, like meeting an old friend. Just feel like, hey, look at you. All oh, you're all in purple. It's a power suit. Clearly. You've got things to do. You've got people to see. Um, and I like to see, I like to see uh, business boss Lena. I liked that she was, uh, she was back in her Luther power suits and she was taking care of business, still doing science, still doing a little magic. So that was, <laughs> she's managed to like, after the show, she was like, okay, I know that when I first learned, when I first learned I was a witch, I went a little too hard into the witch stuff. <laughs> I, I only wore peasant skirts and scarves. <laughs> I spun and spun and I sang landslide and, <laughs> and I was maybe a little bit of a drag to be around, but now I have combined my two loves science and witchcraft. <laughs> and I, I am using them together because she does a little spell while she's in the hallway. I wanted to ask you about that because <laughs> she does do something that I couldn't translate. I don't know. Who knows? The, the, I couldn't find like a translation of it on the internet, but I think the first word is something to do with manners. I think the English in the speech bubble uh, where it says you can get the next one. I think that's what she's saying in the spell. So she's like Jedi mind trick controlling the <laughs> security guard uh, in the panel. So uh, I, that's another reason why we know it's uh, at least season six. But when we get that uh, Daily Planet headline, we know it's after the series finale. But the, the magic spell uh, puts us squarely in season six. And she seems very confident with her magical Oh, abilities. yeah. She's just like, do I need to use this? Is this a little, <laughs> is this unnecessary? Sure. But she can just say, hey, is it okay with you if like we just take this one? Like, yeah, she doesn't but, have she's like, but she's like, you know what I'm good at now? Magic. 
<laughs> she could just politely ask the, the security guard. No, if could just... no, no, Rebecca. No, no. No, no. She's magic now. <laughs> Asking people for things politely? No, no. <laughs> That's for muggles. <laughs> well, Lena did have a penchant for... Uh, controlling people's minds so i guess she's just you know she can't shake she's it like, completely this feels right <laughs> <laughs> oh lena my favorite <laughs> so uh we do also uh you mentioned that we know now what the lena luther foundation is it is not we in do. fact uh a, a summer camp for witches uh, but it is uh, a uh, an organization that has created a renewable energy source source that will provide affordable power to national cities underprivileged. Uh, so did, did you uh, expect that out of the Lena Luther Foundation? What, what, what are your thoughts on now that we know what that is? To be honest, I thought that the Lena Luther Foundation was going to involve more trees, given the logo <laughs> of the foundation. Um, it's cool that they're, it's cool. It's cool. You know what? She doesn't need trees. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what, could the trees be part of her initiative? Ooh, they could. What if, what if part of her initiative for cleaner energy, she's like, you know what? We need more trees. What if she's just like walking around? She's just got a pocket full of seeds. She's just kind of like dropping <laughs> she's like them. Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> she goes. Behind her, uh, a forest <laughs> everywhere she goes. It's become a real problem um, for like the streets of of, of Gotham and National City, because wherever she's going, the, she's like leaving like little little trails of flowers behind her. I like I like that. Um, otherwise, I find um, I find all of our ideas about what the Lena Luther Foundation could be like a little bit more fun and exciting than what it, what it actually is it's like it's like almost too logical that like she would be doing like uh clean energy kind of like a an, an up-and-coming sector um that would seem to tie into the science um too much like it's almost too logical for me i, I kind of wish that it was a witch summer camp uh <laughs> me too which for a summer the Lena maybe maybe still have summer camps just associated with the foundation. Maybe that's just like for like for the kids who work at the foundation. Maybe. Maybe it's like a like a, they're doing like a science project uh, <laughs> on like renewable energy and she's like, "Okay, but you can't use witchcraft." And they're like, "Oh, Lena." And <laughs> I really want witch for a summer to work, but uh, <laughs> uh it's it's still, you know, it's it's interesting that she's created a renewable energy source that feels like a very Lena Luther thing i will say another lena luther thing is like her inventions coming alive and trying to kill her or someone else so i wouldn't like put i wouldn't invest in that energy source quite yet uh until that thing has been tested out uh, i'm sure it's great listen i'm sure it's great lena's great lena's great it might kill us all so we <laughs> We might want to like test that thing first. <laughs> when when she says affordable, uh, in terms of the uh, what is it? What, the affordable what does she power. Consider, what does she consider affordable? Because I've seen the price tag on some of her clothes. Uh, 
but so, does affordable translate to like cheap or because or, you know people always say you know you get what you pay for and if it's if it's uh lena trying to make something affordable what if it's faulty what if it doesn't like quite it, test i feel like it correctly. could be the the lena luther version of affordable which is like the lucille bluth like what does a banana cost ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair to lena after things happened uh, with Lex, when she was in uh, season six, she was a little bit poor. She was That's having to true. walk around in sneakers and That's and true. She's, more li- casual she's clothing. lived life as a normie for a little <laughs> while. So <laughs> I guess maybe she's like, she's come back down to earth. She's like, the energy has to be affordable. It turns out things are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> turns out when you don't have a whole lot of money and a, a big fancy uh organization like uh, l corp or luther corp uh sometimes it's uh, kind of hard to make ends meet uh nicole in the chat says lena's alternate energy source is fifth dimensional energy maybe Ooh. that could be i i that's completely not explained in this issue but no. i like but i love the that. idea of that uh, that could actually work. And silhouetted animator in the chat also fills us in. Uh, Manera retro retrogorum or sorum, whatever it is in the issue, is Lena's quote in Latin for "stay back." So I tried to look that up, but uh, I couldn't think. She could have just said, "Just still." <laughs> I still think she could have just been like, "Hey, she we'll, wanted to, we'll, she we, wanted we to show off a little bit for Ryan." She was like, "Hey, girl, hey." I can do magic. Did you see that? Did you see that guy turn around? Ryan's like, you sure you just didn't want to come on the elevator? She's like, no, it was magic. It was magic, Ryan. <laughs> she wants to create affordable uh, power for the underprivileged, but she doesn't want to share an elevator with with the security guard. That is too no. much. That's no, no, no. too much. Listen, she's still Lena Luther. She's like, <laughs> I need my, I need my personal space. I'm sure she also had an elevator that was just for her and El <laughs> I just so nobody, she, nobody she wants somebody to stink it. it up. Yeah, no, no. She was like, "No, that seems reasonable." Doesn't everyone have their own elevator? I just, <laughs> I, I wish we got more of like Kara and Lena's conversations as Lena like learned what it was like to be poor. Uh, I feel like that was a real missed opportunity really in this did. season for like it. comedy, where Lena was like, "And you just use the elevator everyone else uses." <laughs> What is that like? <laughs> Lena starts going on like, she's like, this is my issue. Private elevators for all. And Kara's like, no, no, that's not that's not that's, a thing. That's not a real <laughs> important thing. Um, so what did you think about, because this is the first time uh, Lena has interacted with Ryan. Uh, what did you think about their interaction in this issue? I liked, I liked their interaction. I thought it was interesting that she needs like victor freezes freeze serum to stabilize her energy source because again i was like are we are we sure that this is gonna all turn out the way you think it will i mean you are using a uh, a batman villains serum to do this (laughs) is there not another different way that you can do this (laughs) lena it feels like we're going down a bad path uh (laughs) i was surprised that she didn't like accidentally freeze somebody like during the uh during the issue that would have been kind of funny where she's like oops (laughs) it happens (laughs) gotta break a few legs right ryan ryan's like no Well, she does. She does say that uh, uh, it's something about the the molecules or whatever. And uh, I guess it does come into play because they're dealing with Clayface. And so Clayface can sort of break up and reestablish 
as, as a different form can shape shift something like that. So if you have a way to stabilize the molecules, this is all science mumbo jumbo to me. I don't really know that this actually works or if I even understand it. Uh, but from how I was thinking about it is that the free serum, like stabilizes the molecules in Clayface's stuff and that causes him to not be able to shapeshift. And you sort of see that, or I guess I did, the reader does at the end of the issue where Clayface is no longer able to uh, shapeshift. So I guess that's uh, maybe what Lena is needing for her affordable power source. Is to like stabilize it's it. Yeah. Un- but that means at this point, it's not stable. It it does lead one in that direction. <laughs> that is true. So um, what is happening in National City? Uh, my guess is more like what's happening at the Lena Luther Foundation is that there's like <laughs> constantly like little explosions. <laughs> Whoever's working there is like, oh, God, the boss is in. <laughs> That's exactly Lena, what's happening. Lena comes upstairs like she's a little singed. She's got her like grimoire under one arm and she's like, don't worry about it, guys. And then everybody has a little dirt on, the on their faces because uh, everything is exploding on them. I, I feel the need to uh, offer a retraction. Daryl has pointed out uh, m- on my Lena Luther elevator slander uh, that don't forget Lena was the one who allowed other people on Kat's private elevator once she was the boss. So that's fair. Good. That's a good. That's a good correction. So Lena's down to earth. She'll she's willing to share an elevator, just not with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That guy can go. I mean, I understand that she needed to. I know that we're like glossing over a lot just to talk about this one panel. <laughs> this guy in no, this is the most important panel. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess I can understand that she needed to speak privately with Ryan. And so she wanted to do that in the elevator. But you don't think that security guy has like a camera inside the elevator listening to that conversation? <laughs> I'm sure he does. Oh, I don't know that it's uh, completely worth it. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of tiny explosions happening in National City at the Lena Luther Foundation because everything is uh, unstable and uh, (laughs) people people might be uh, uh, going through some stuff there in the Lena Luther Foundation. Listen, it's a bad idea until you figure it out. And then it's a great idea. That's what Lena says. And she's (laughs) like, I'm here to I'm here to stabilize this great idea I have. And I know eventually it's going to be fantastic and so affordable uh <laughs> i i liked when she met ryan she was like oh yeah you're batwoman and ryan's like i don't know who this batwoman she's like no you are batwoman <laughs> i'm not gonna play this game with you i'm not gonna talk to that security guard and i'm not gonna play this game with you <laughs> she's already been through the the secret identity uh secrets enough she just went exactly straight to the she's like, no i'm sorry i'm not i'm not doing this again <laughs> We are going to be friends. You're going to tell me your secret straight out. That's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's definitely learned from the uh, Supergirl secret identity, I guess, just to uh, go to it. Um, so uh, what I thought was interesting, um, two things. Uh, so the the Lena Luther Foundation, uh, the affordable power thing, I thought was Somewhat, but probably unintentionally connecting to the idea of power in season six, uh, which was kind of hit or miss in a lot of episodes. (laughs) Uh, But I guess that sort of loosely connects to the season six uh, 
theme, I guess, is what it was. Um, but then also there was a uh, a through line connection of Lena and Ryan with their brothers. Um, uh, what did, what did you make of that, Morgan? The uh, the connection that they both had some you know sociopathic uh, brothers. Uh, I liked I liked that connection. I thought that was smart of the writers to sort of use that tie-in to give them something to bond over. Now, I, again, haven't watched Batwoman since season one. So all of this is, like, really new to me. Um, <laughs> thankfully, this comic had a lot of exposition in it. So it's it kind of like reading... Um, like reading a recap of the first part of season three of Batwoman, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm up to speed now. Um, so I know that her brother is like a bad guy and then there's like, there's a lot of family drama behind it. And, and then I kind of got lost in the family drama, to be honest. It sounded like there was like somebody's company got stolen by somebody else. The mom was involved, but maybe the mom wasn't involved. I was like, wow, this is like some Luther family drama here so, i wonder if any any of them write in journals i wonder if any of them I, do any journaling maybe maybe ryan's like, ryan's like <laughs> writing out and her bro maybe the problem is that her brother always wanted to ride horses with her as well <laughs> and she would never invite him either she was like <laughs> Get out. That's usually um, how it starts. That's yeah, it's all downhill from there. Like always <laughs> invite somebody to come riding horses with you. Uh, <laughs> that's number one. Uh no, I liked I liked how they they bonded over, you know, having kind of complicated families that weren't always great. Uh, and specifically about having brothers that weren't so uh that weren't so kind. I thought that that was like a nice way to connect those two characters who haven't interacted before and like aren't even really on the same show. Uh, so I thought that that was like a really cool way to kind of emotionally connect those two characters. Yeah. Uh, Rachel says in the chat, I can't believe I just realized that Lena and Ryan's brothers respectively are Lex and a new version of the Joker. Uh, so yeah. that's good to know. I kind of remember seeing something about, there was a version of the Joker on Batwoman, but I didn't know much about him. So I guess the uh, Ryan's half brother becomes the Joker at some point. So that's actually kind of interesting that they would both be uh, <laughs> sisters of some really terrible uh, villains in the DC universe. Daryl says, I think at one point Ryan did write in a journal. Not sure if she still does. See, there you go. See, that's where it all began. That's where it all started going wrong with her and her brother. <laughs> Always comes back to that. Uh, so it looks like Ryan's brother uh, got shocked by a buzzer on the forehead. I'm just taking these on faith that there are people in the chat are not just making things up. And they're not just like trolling us with like it, it's made up facts about the yeah. Batwoman series. And we're just like, oh, that sounds right. Yeah. We had a bunch of listeners write into us um, on the Legends podcast about Riverdale. And I swear everything that they said sounded made up. And then it all turned out to be stuff that had actually happened on that show. So I don't like <laughs> put it past any CW show now, no matter how weird the plot line sounds. I'm like, sure. I think I, I heard that Archie fought a bear on Riverdale. So <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> well, buzzer on the forehead seems very fitting for the Joker. It does. So it does. I, think that, I think that's that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Lena says in the issue, um, she is talking. Uh, so Ryan is talking about her brother 
And Lena says, sounds a, a bit like how the Luthers operate. My brother Lex dabbled in the realm of the uh, psychopathy and psychopathy. Psychopathy, maybe? yeah, Something I think like psych- psychopathy, and has led to me losing almost everything a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> because he would not go away. Is the thing. <laughs> She's just really casual about it, just like a couple of times. Listen, he like you know, I shot him once; it didn't take. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> Siblings, am I right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was at least glad with the appearance of Lena that it wasn't just completely shoehorned into the issue. It made sense as to why they would choose to bring Lena in at this point because she had that connection with the the brother and uh, having those sibling issues. So I guess that made sense. And now it could be that the writers were just like, we really love Lena Luther and we want to put her <laughs> in the issue. But I think they made it work in terms of making it seem like she was a good emotional component to the story uh, in terms of what Ryan was going through. So I was at least glad that she wasn't just there for kind of no reason. Like she had uh, a couple of reasons to be there. So I appreciated that part of it. Yeah. I, I, I like the way that they worked her into the story with her business deals and the science um, and that it, it did feel like she was contributing to the story versus just being like, a very special guest appearance um, just to kind of have fun with a character from a different universe. I think that they, they used her in ways that made sense within the story. Like if you have Lena Luther and you have a science problem, or I guess now a magic problem, <laughs> uh, you're going to want to ask her if she's, if she's got some time to have a science solution. So and not only does the uh, the story and the, the character beats in this issue talk about the uh, relationship between the brothers and the sisters, but there's also a lot of talk about found family. Uh, Morgan, did you did you make those connections? I did. That I was sort of making. I did. Yeah, they did. They have um they have her talk about um. She's talking to Ryan um, and she says, you sound like Cara did when we first had to work together. A Kryptonian and a Luther don't really mesh in the grand scheme of things. And um, and then she's talking about like how the the found family for the super friends is kind of like her found family, uh, Ryan's found family with Luke and and Mary and everything. So that made sense to me also as as well as like a tie in to tie those two characters together. Yeah, I thought that was another uh, good parallel and connection between both Ryan and Lena was the idea of found family because Ryan talks about that a lot with Mary in terms of Mary being both uh, her best friend, but also her sister. Um, So I think that could also maybe, uh, depending on how you see the Cara-Lena relationship, I I think it's a good connection to say best friend, sister, but some other people may disagree. Uh, But I think in terms of the issue, that made sense to me that those uh, parallels would be there as well uh, between Lena and Kara and Ryan and uh, Mary. So I I thought that uh, at least with Lena's appearance, they were doing things that made sense in terms of the connections between these two characters. Yeah, I agree. And and I think, you know, at the uh, towards the end of the issue, when she's talking to Ryan, she says, you know, you'll get married back and then your friendship will be stronger than ever because you never gave up just like Cara never gave up on me. So they do. They they, they tie those two relationships together 
pretty pretty well, I think, in a in a way that that makes sense thematically. Like, Car and Lena had a, a big friendship falling out at one point in the show, and so are Ryan and Mary. And so it does make sense to have Car, uh, to have Lena there as the sort of the voice of like, don't give up on your friend. Uh, these, you know, these friendship, these big friendship battles, they happen and sometimes it's dramatic and sometimes she turns into poison ivy and sometimes <laughs> she tries to mind control the world. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but yeah, but she worked through it. She's <laughs> and I think that that makes, you know, that makes sense thematically for it sounds like where those two characters are, Ryan and Mary at this point, where Mary has kind of turned to the dark side and Ryan is is bra- is blaming herself and, and feeling responsible. And I think that's Cara did a, a, quite a bit of that in season five. So I think it makes sense to have Lena be kind of like the other side of it and be like, you know, even though these things happen with Cara and I, like we came out the other side and we're we have a stronger friendship than ever. Yeah, I think maybe Lena could have leaned more into the, I know how it is going with Mary, where she kind of took a villainous turn a little bit. She'll be fine. She'll come back (laughs) from it. Who among us? (laughs) She she does mention that, you know, basically, you know, sometimes people make mistakes. I mean, things, things happen. Um, so I guess there is, is that she doesn't really lean too hard into the whole, uh, FYI, Ryan, I, you know, I kind of did the same thing. Uh, yeah. But she doesn't do all the details, I guess. There's no time for that. But, <laughs> but uh, Lena did take it kind of a villain, I would argue. And the guy has gotten me in trouble with the interweb. Uh, but uh, I think Lena took a villainous turn in season five. So I think that she could understand things with Mary. But I kind of felt like, uh, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but um, uh, Lena came across to me as like giving hope speeches in this issue a little bit. She was very encouraging yes. with Ryan. And, and I guess in some ways, to, to, I, I struggled a little bit with that reading this issue because I was like, well, that's that's maybe something that Cara should be saying. But I guess after season six with everything that's happened and the whole idea of uh stronger together which is mentioned in this issue but it never connects to supergirl which i thought was strange they could have leaned a little harder into the the mention of stronger together in the issue um but uh but i guess lena and the other super friends would have picked up that hopeful optimism uh that kara exudes so i guess it would make sense that it would sort of rub off on them and then they would share that with other people yeah, I think I think from spending a, enough time with Kara, I think all of the, you know, the supporting characters got, you know, more hopeful. And you can see that in Lena and especially her journey over the course of the show. I think the Lena who shows up in this comic, obviously this was written by Batwoman writers, but still the Lena who shows up in this comic is very different than the Lena we met in, you know, early on in season two, who is very closed off and very standoffish. And I think a lot of that was, you know, meeting Kara and meeting the super friends and being accepted by them and, uh, and going on that whole journey. So I think we're meeting a more in this comic, a more hopeful version of Lena. And that makes sense to me from like what we've seen of her journey throughout the course of, of Supergirl as a show. Yeah. I think it makes sense in, in terms of the Lena that we see, uh, you know, by the end of the series run that she would uh, have a little bit more of a, uh, an optimistic uh, viewpoint on life that she would uh, be looking at, at the best of people and encouraging people and being able to give people wise advice from all of her uh, many mistakes 
uh, that <laughs> she made over the course of the show's run. Uh, so I guess that makes sense to me. Uh, one of the questions that I had for you, Morgan, because I was curious, um, because we we spent uh, season two, three, four, five, six with Katie McGrath's uh, Lena Luther, and I don't know. For me personally, when I was reading the issue, uh, I never felt like I was reading. Uh, it's hard to explain. Like it, it didn't come across to me as the, the voice of Katie McGraw's Lena Luther. I wasn't really like, I went along with it, with the things that she was saying, all good things. Uh, very, you know, very smart characterization of Lena Luther, but I never, I never heard Katie McGraw's like voice in my head while I was reading it just because some of the things uh, that she was saying in the comic, I was like, I don't know that Lena would ever say that. Like, uh, she said there were two things that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. who, who wrote this? Uh, <laughs> there, there was, there was one line where she says, you keep pacing and it'll wear a hole in the floor. I was like, mm, yeah. I don't know if Katie McGraw's mm-hmm. Lena Luther would say that. And then she said, my girl, Cara was a paragon. And I was like, okay, that definitely is not something <laughs> that I hear. Uh, Katie McGraw's like, when had, when did she ever say, you know what? My girl, Cara, like, you know, my girl, Cara. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> that is not something she would have said. Uh, so it, it was hard for me to, to read some of this stuff because I, I couldn't buy into uh, the voice of the character, but I was curious about what your thoughts were. Yeah, I would agree. I didn't necessarily, there were no, there weren't any necessarily any lines that I read and I thought like, oh, that sounds like a Lena Luther line to me. Um, yeah, so I would agree. I don't, I don't know. I think they got the, like the, the gist of her character, the important parts of her character. I don't know that they necessarily got the voice of that character uh, because nothing she said sounded, you know, really pinged me as being like, oh, that's a great Lena line. Like, that's a line I can imagine Katie McGraw saying on the show and delivering on the show. I, 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 yeah, I would, I would agree with you that. And some of it, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about this issue on the legends podcast, but some of it, I think came from, you know, the writers being more fluent in a different medium, which would be television. Right. And so we, a lot of this comic, there's a lot of speech bubbles, a lot of speech bubbles filled with a lot of text. Um, there's just kind of a lot of text in this issue overall. And for me, I was surprised with the amount of like exposition that was in this issue overall, just like a lot of, uh, trying to kind of bring people up to speed on like what's happening on Batwoman, which I feel like if, you're picking up a Batwoman issue, maybe you know, but I guess it's also part of a crossover um, that's taking place across a bunch of different. Yeah, uh, I think all of those, all of the Earth Prime issues, I think, connect and tell a bigger story. Yeah, as far yeah. As I, understand it. I, I just, I guess, I'm not sure why you would decide to set it during such a complicated point in your show. Uh, they're like, oh, this takes place between these specific episodes in season three. It's like I thought it would I kind of figured this would be more of like a one shot. And it was it felt more tied into like the overall season three narrative. So I thought it was going to be more of like a kind of a standalone Batwoman story, whereas it ended up being more, you know, worked into the narrative of the season three. So having not watched any of season three yet, I was just like, OK, uh, and I, and and so some of that I think maybe is just that like 
the character didn't sound like I would imagine, you know, Lena Luther to sound on TV because it is a different medium. But I also think it was because she was delivering a whole lot of exposition, almost the entire issue. It was just like, oh, yes, this is me, Lena Luther. I am friends with Cara Danvers. You are Batwoman. There was a crisis. <laughs> My brother, also, he was bad. Um, and so when when so much of her dialogue is about like, here, here is me, this is my deal, I feel like then you do kind of lose the character-specific dialogue because she's spending so much time explaining who she is, what's her deal, how she knows... Uh, you know, Ryan, how she connects to Ryan, what a crisis is like, there's a big portion of this issue. That's just like crisis. What's up with that? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, it, it, to me, I, I just like stepping back. I don't think any of the crisis exposition was needed in any way, almost whatsoever, because crisis didn't seem to play any part in this issue. So I wasn't really sure why Lena was explaining it all to us. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, thought. There are a lot of thoughts about that in the uh, chat. So Rachel asks, uh, "How would Lena know about the crisis and the Paragons to like tell her that stuff?" I seem to recall, like right after Crisis, Lena, Lena get to keep her memories. Yeah, Lena like woke up and Lex had arranged something or. I, I, I think, some, I think something Lena is, yeah. is one of the only people who gets to keep her pre-crisis memories because I think Lex wanted her to continue beefing with Kara. I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, didn't I remember thinking, understand. great, this crisis can be a soft reset on the story I don't like. And that's not the direction they decided to go. And she was like, I'm still mad at Kara. And I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Silhouette, Silhouette uh, animator in the chat says, I think they just wanted a way to resolve the bat of the future thing because of uh, yeah. the connection that Kate Kane had to the Paragons. Um, the, I, I, think I, I don't know if to resolve that on the television show, though. I don't think they could be like, did you read that tie-in comic? We no, I, <laughs> I agree. I think that should be a storyline on the show, but maybe that somehow ties into the overall aspect of the earth prime series maybe they're going to be talking about paragons and maybe that's going to be a, a connective tissue through all of the issues i don't know um oh, oh sorry. sorry sorry i was hopping for um nicole's comment who said uh she kept her memories as part of lex's deal in crisis but probably also uh, a lot of conversations about the details <laughs> Yeah, I I imagine Lena asked a lot of questions and and Cara filled her in about that kind of thing. Especially if she was telling I I imagine that Lena's like I need this stabilization serum because everything is like exploding at the Lena Luther Foundation, so <laughs> I need to find something and she was like, "Oh, the the Victor Freeze serum is something I need, but I have to go to Gotham City to do that." And Cara's like, "Oh, well, I know people in Gotham City." And then it just kind of spirals out of her mouth about Kate Kane and the Paragons and Crisis. And um, so I imagine that just kind of all probably in my head that just comes out of the same conversation. I I agree. So, uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention about Lena's uh, appearance in the story? Uh yeah. And so <laughs> I'm wading into controversial territories oh let's get into here it we here we go i'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm i apologize in advance uh, <laughs> as somebody who enjoys the idea of the super core relationship oh no, this is where we're going with this okay uh i like that they left it so vague 
you could read whatever you wanted into this issue. Uh, you could, the, she talks about having a date at the end of the issue, a hot date. Who could that be with? Literally anyone. But if, you, <laughs> but, but if you are like a super core fan, you could be like, that's with Kara. And nothing in this issue is there to contradict you. So I like that they have continued the vibe of like the finale where they were like, we're not going to commit to anything. <laughs> and uh, they were like, if you want to read into it, the subtext is very much there for you. If you would like to not read into it, that's available to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty vague. Uh, it's sort of a pick your own adventure of shit. <laughs> Which do you like? <laughs> I would like to think that her hot date actually literally was someone who was uh, like on fire or something like some sort of some sort of someone like, at the lena luther foundation <laughs> so like all right i i read too much into the hot portion of it i i was thinking what if it would what if it was like an alien who's like had fire powers or something i like the idea that she just got a call like off panel and they're like miss luther you've um you said another uh, another thing on fire and she's like I got a hot date back at the <laughs> back at the lab can't stop setting things on fire <laughs> although that is pretty grim because her mother like killed a guy with fire oh yeah she should probably watch out for the fire I guess I, I probably wouldn't use the hot adjective maybe just say give a, a <laughs> an exciting date or something maybe, maybe don't I, use hot <laughs> I did not remember. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, no. So maybe she wants to stay away from fire of all kinds. <laughs> uh, although she is a she is a top notch witch at this point. She looked at that security guard and she was like, "No, sir." And in that way, and in that way, I am also a witch because when sometimes when people are trying to get on an elevator with me where I don't want them on there, I do this and I go, <laughs> and sometimes they don't go on either. And, <laughs> Is that my face or is that my magic powers? We'll never know. <laughs> don't don't you do that with Bunsen too? I or do. I go kinda... Bunsen. No. I like, mm -mm, mm -mm. Sometimes I'll just shake my head at him like. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And if I was if I was talented like Lena, if I had magical abilities, these would be the two best behaved cats in the world. <laughs> That's what all I would use my magical. She's using her magical abilities to like help her do science and turn people away from elevators and uh, affordable energy. And and mine would just be like, I wish the cats would stop stealing my donuts. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear more about that story, uh, become a uh, Supergirl Radio Patreon uh, supporter at uh, uh, pat patreon.com uh, slash Supergirl Radio. If you would like to go uh, check that out and become <laughs> a monthly uh, member and support the Patreon. So you can do that and uh, hear more about the uh, the buns and donuts story. Uh, so uh, check that out on uh, the Patreon account. Uh, but yeah, they did. I would agree. They did uh, leave it intentionally vague um i i guess that's another question that i have in terms of just the the batwoman writers writing supergirl continuation uh content uh because uh i don't know how i feel about that it's like maybe the supergirl writers should have some i don't maybe maybe they asked the the supergirl executive producers or some of the writers like hey you know, what was the Lena Luther Foundation? You know, did, 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 like, I guess my question is, did the Batwoman writers like make up 
the idea of what the Lena Luther Foundation was? That's a good question. I, I do wonder if they if they asked the Supergirl writers like, hey, we want to we want to say this thing about what the Lena Luther Foundation was. Um, oh, I see Rachel in the chat mentions that Nat Natalie Abrams did write an episode of Supergirl. So, oh, and that was the uh, the one about Miss Tessmacher uh, with a real Miss Tessmacher. Please stand up. <laughs> I, I uh, yes. Uh, season four, episode 20. Yeah, I think that so, was the episode. So that that might be she might still have, you know, connections. Yeah, but at the same time, does the she have, but does she have the power to be like, well, uh, they didn't explain it, but I'm going to say what I think the Lena Luther Foundation should be. Or I, I assume she got permission from the executive producers on like, could you tell me what the Lena Luther Foundation was yeah. so we can implement? Like, I would, on good faith, I want to assume that that's what happened. My thought is that either that or she might have written some some things and then like run them by people who like some of the producers on the show and said like, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing with Lena. Are you guys okay with it? I mean, honestly, nothing in this comic changed like any of my thoughts about Lena except the thought that like, she she is in my head still running that witch summer camp, uh, <laughs> but now she's also working on renewable energy. Um, she can do both. She can do both. Maybe the kids. She's got the kids on projects. Maybe <laughs> that's that's why things are exploding. Use your magic for good, Freddie. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, I don't think that they did anything outside of the realm that would like change her characterization or change her end point on the show or the journey. They definitely left some things open again, like, you know, if you wanted to read things into certain lines, you certainly could with any kind of lens that you want to put on it, whether you think she's um, running a witch summer camp or you're hoping for Supercore to happen. Any or of those things or she's dating an alien or, or she's, she's dating an alien or she's setting people on fire. Any of those. <laughs> those could be possible at any time. So I think that they did leave it pretty loosey goosey in terms of like, they didn't have her come in and be like, uh, I'm doing X, Y, Z now. And, you know, I've moved out to the, I've moved out to Paris, France, and I never talked to the super friends anymore. Anything <laughs> like, like they didn't have her come in and go like, Cara, I don't even remember her name. Uh, <laughs> they could have like sort of had Lena come in and, and have, established a whole lena could have come in and been like i'm a superhero now um anything could have been possible um but i think that they kept it very vague within the confines of like where she ended on the show yeah i think uh i i would like to think that they uh they intentionally kept some things vague just not to uh uh, step on any toes from the Supergirl's writer, uh, Supergirl writer's room. Uh, but also maybe I would assume they got input uh, on some of those things. I guess it, it I, I know there are a lot of people in the chat who are like, uh, do we really want uh, the Supergirl writers continuing uh, more of the story? And I guess that's also a good point. <laughs> I um, wouldn't give them that authority. <laughs> maybe the Supergirl writers shouldn't continue writing any uh, Supergirl stories. But, you know, I guess there's part of me that's like, well, what gives you the right Batwoman writers to, like, write the continuation of this? It, this yeah. is not your show. Like, part of me is a little, <laughs> like, offended about it, but... Maybe they work together on it. I, I think of like there's been a lot of TV shows that have had like tie-in comics. I know like Smallville had like season whatever 
11 um, or 25 or whatever season they <laughs> caught up to. And uh, I know Buffy and Angel have both had tie-in comics, and I think the X-Files have as, as well. And to me, these tie-in comics are very, like, vaguely canon, right? Because, like, if they wanted to reboot any of those shows at any time, guess they what's just do getting thrown out the window? Your guess is that tie-in comic. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the uh, like people who were getting mad about like the Star Wars books that they wanted them to like, you know, uh, pay attention to. And they were like, no. So (laughs) (laughs) much like the the Disney movies. That's that's how I feel about it. (laughs) No, no, no. It's, it's sort of vaguely canon, but like. It also can be not canon if you don't care. Like if, if, <laughs> if you could just completely it, ignore it if you wanted to. If they to. needed to bring Lena Luther back at some point, and they needed the Lena Luther Foundation to be a foundation where she exclusively kicks puppies, they would do that in a heartbeat without caring about what happened in this comic at all. Because, like you know, if they need that comic, uh, that character for a specific thing, they're not going to be like, well, in Earth Prime number two, we said, or number one, you know, we said. Th- xyz like they're not gonna care yeah the lena luther foundation where she kicks puppies i think is uh run by the uh the metallo lena yes that's definitely yeah yeah. metallo lena in in that dimension that's what her foundation does (laughs) those puppies had it coming and that's the tagline (laughs) for the lena luther foundation for metallo lena yeah Uh, i think that's what she's doing (laughs) i see that uh silhouetted animator says the yeah the arrow tying comic with merlin had a whole story where he was originally jasper king and had another son named uh Saracon? I don't know any of these storylines, but I believe you. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, that Arrow comic is very, very loose canon, though, for example. so Also, another example would be the Adventures of Supergirl uh, time comics oh, uh, from I Sterling mean, that's Gates. an example of a really great one that they were like, nah. It's a great <laughs> one that maybe should have been canon, uh, but there's some things great. in there <laughs> that uh, are not uh, connected to the show. Uh for instance, a big one is uh, the sigh in the comic is very, very different than mm-hmm. the one we got on the show. So, um, and I think also Alex Danvers mentions a boyfriend in that issue. So that's oh, very wow, different. That was early days, uh, huh? So, uh, <laughs> so it's definitely not canon to the show, but it's a great, it's a great comic. And if you love Supergirl stories, uh, definitely check that out because it's got great writing and great uh, art. So, uh, so some, there are some tie-in comics where I'm like. I don't know. I kind of still think maybe that should be canon maybe. just because it was a good story. <laughs> maybe we want to make this a little more canon. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, I see that Rachel says in the chat, uh, Lena being the comic was also seen as controversial because people thought she was overshadowing Ryan, uh, especially since Sophie, Ryan's love interest, was only in two pages. I'll be honest. I did not know that was Sophie until somebody said, Sophie. And I was like, oh, oh hey, Sophie. Uh, <laughs> Didn't expect to see you here, girl. How you doing? Um, yeah, I agree. I think I kind of think it's it's the thing where in comics you have unlimited budgets and you never have to schedule anyone, right? <laughs> you can just draw her in there. Uh, you don't have to talk to her people and have your people talk to her people and then like pay her money and then schedule her in. So I think it's kind of natural that in comics they're going to want to do like a fun crossover with maybe a character or an actor they can't usually get, or they're going to want to do something that they wouldn't have the budget for, 
on the television show. So it, it makes sense to me that they would have kind of leaned a little bit hard into Lena in this issue because like probably it would be hard to get Katie McGraw on Batwoman. Uh, but it would definitely be like logistically complicated and cost money, but it's free in the comic. Yeah. And also my question to that would be uh, what would Sophie have been? What, 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 what would Sophie's role have been in this issue? Yeah. How I, could she have helped yeah. Ryan with the clay face issue? Cause I guess that's uh, where I would say the Lena part of it made sense to me is cause Lena was dealing with the science and they were sort of having to to do Batwoman stuff without the Batcave and without some of uh, Batwoman's cool stuff. Uh, I mean, Luke was tracking Clayface on Twitter instead of <laughs> using high, high quality technology. Uh, so uh, using Lena Luthor in the apartment with the the scientific goggles on, uh, like the safety goggles on. That seemed the uh, a good low budget way for them to do sciencey things. So my question would be if if people were upset about the lack of Sophie in the issue, I understand that, but what would her purpose have been in this specific story? Um, how how would she have been more of a prominent character? Yeah, I think Lena worked really well in in this in this issue because of the science the scienciness that she was bringing to the, to the issue. She was sort of the one, especially since they're, you know, they're locked out of their, you know, their usual high tech bat cave kind of situation. Luke is uh, trolling on Twitter to try to, to find leads. And so Lena is kind of uh, indispensable here because she can do science uh, pretty much anywhere. She is a, she is a science witch, <laughs> um, and, so, and so she's really good at, uh, at, at doing this kind of stuff because she does it with, with, uh, Kara and the super friends. And I think having her there makes sense in terms of like how they're trying to, you know, track down this kid with these clay face abilities. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I didn't know there was a controversy that people are upset about the, the lack of Sophie, but I guess that makes sense from a Batwoman fan standpoint that they would want to see more of Sophie in it, which I totally get. Uh, so I guess there is, uh, that issue. Um, I guess, uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about the story before we mo move on to talking about the art? Uh, yeah, I, the one thing I will say, and I guess, this is maybe for both the art and the story, but it was an interesting point Kat brought up when we talked about it really briefly on the Legends podcast, which was that usually in, in comics, you, you know, especially if it's like a, a tie-in, they would do something, you know, pretty big, like huge things that would be really expensive to do on the show. And I like Kat mentioned being a little bit disappointed that like they didn't take this opportunity of like the comic medium where you can do anything because you're drawing it <laughs> um, and you don't have to uh, worry about the special effects budget um, uh, to, to, you know, they did some stuff with the clay face abilities, but honestly, and I agree. I feel like a lot of that stuff felt like it could be done. Maybe not as exciting on a CW budget. Uh, so I did kind of, I did kind of hope that they would maybe take the comic medium and do something really big and kind of like a, a an action set piece um and i did like the action 
you know, towards the end when she's fighting, um, when she's fighting Clayface and all of that. And I thought that was really well done in terms of like using the comic book medium. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I expect it maybe just a little bit more in terms of using the actual comic medium to do some stuff that they wouldn't have been able to do in like a traditional television episode. Yeah, I would agree with that to an extent. I think they did utilize the comic books as a medium to do Clayface. Clayface is very difficult to do in live action. They did a pretty good job of Clayface on the Birds of Prey TV series. Uh, Clayface was very much a shapeshifter on Gotham. They did a pretty good job with Clayface. But to really do Clayface, you have to <laughs> really make him big and muddy and gross. Um, and so I think they did a fairly good job of that in this issue. But I, I agree. It could have been bigger. It could have been uh, more intense. And I, I guess I was somewhat disappointed by the art in this issue. It was... Uh, like I could very much tell that the Lena Luther who was in this issue was based on the Katie McGrath version of the character. She very much looked like Katie. So I appreciated that. Um, but I also, uh, I think to your point about the exposition, they never really let the visuals sort of tell the story. Um, I shouldn't say never. There were, there were some bits with Clayface where some of the visuals were, I think, telling the story. Like at the end, uh, there's a there's a bit at the end where I was like, "Is Aquaman coming into play <laughs> uh, with this?" Because uh, I think it's uh, page thirty five. Because I'm not I'm not going to call it location thirty five in comics. <laughs> I think that's weird and I think it's dumb. Um, but uh, there's a there's an end of the issue that's I think I don't know. I'm just assuming that it's teasing Aquaman because Clayface has like the uh, the orange and the green coloring and there's a trident that's in there. Um, so I don't know if that's what's happening, but that's what I got out of it because the visuals were, were telling a little bit of the story. And I wish there had been more of that in this issue. A lot of the panels reminded me of silver age comics where in silver age comics, it was just kind of like the panel oh, mm -hmm. and it would literally show you what was happening. And that was it. And it would just kind of be like a storyboard that went through the story, but in some of the, some of the really great comics that I think of uh, that I can think of uh, the visuals are more telling the story. Uh, a good recent example would be Supergirl woman of tomorrow, where the visuals are helping you understand what's happening in the story and what's going on with the characters. But this one was really maybe too straightforward in terms of the art uh, for me personally. I, I, I like a little more, a flashy visual in, in terms of using the art to tell the story. But, uh, but I, I thought there was one really good uh, set of panels that I liked. It's on uh, page 10 where Tanner, the, the high school uh, kid who has been affected by a clay face uh, is shape shifting into someone's mom. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that panel as well, because I feel like they were doing something interesting with the, with the art. They, they, it's a three panel spread across the middle, but they're splitting it up. And like one half of the mom's face looks normal, and the other half is like the like uh this like like falling apart clay face, and then you see clay face like him just kind of push it back into place. Yeah, I thought that was a good example of the visual helping to tell the story and helping uh, me to understand what was going on because because of the art in that case, I was like, yeah, I get it, I understand exactly what's happening. Um, so that I thought was probably the standout. Uh, set of panels for me 
Uh, the only other thing with the art that I would talk about is uh, I like to use the the guided view. So if you like double mm-hmm. click on comiXology, it will kind of zoom in on things. And uh, on page 31, if you do that and you sort of scroll through the close-up shots of uh, Clayface's eyes, uh-huh. it's, it sort of animates the eyes. Like, they sort of move a little bit back and forth. Uh-huh. I just <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Uh, but that's that is only, great. But that's the only kind of... Um, there, there is one page, I guess I could also mention, uh, on page 30, there's a really nice full page, uh, co- very colorful image of Mary and Alice with a bunch of variations of pink and green, which I thought were, were really pretty. Uh, so those, I think, for me, those would be like the standout moments in the art in this issue for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that they didn't use, like, the, the art felt very... Um, samey, like it didn't feel like there was a lot of variation in like, you know, here's a splash page, here's a different, you know, maybe there's a two page spread or something like that. Um, and I felt like it was very much, uh, very overtaken by a lot of the dialogue and the exposition. And when we were talking about this, I had mentioned that it reminded me a lot of reading like, comics from like the 80s like i a couple years ago i read um the the 80s like wonder woman run i think it was george perez and a lot uh, of it we we talk about that on another patreon exclusive coming up very uh, recently <laughs> for the uh, ace reporters and the snappy listeners and the board bosses you'll you'll get that on friday where we review and discuss wonder woman bloodline so just uh putting another plug in for the patreon Plug, plug, plug. Um, <laughs> it's all connected, really. Uh, but it does feel connected because uh, literally just last night, we recorded on Legends a Patreon exclusive about like a Comics 101 where we had Kat telling us about, you know, creating comics and things that she was cool. talking about was like, you know, having visual interest and, you know, splash pages and spreads and and different kinds of art. And uh, and I felt like in this issue, it reminded me of like the George Perez, like Wonder Woman stuff I was reading from the 80s, where it was like, oh, my God, how many words can be on a panel where it was like, you know, things taken up by huge text bubbles that were just filled and filled and filled with text or like text bubbles up in the corner explaining like this exposition and this exposition and that exposition. And I wonder if some of it is, you know, because they're coming from sort of a screenwriting and sort of trying to translate it into comic writing and it's just like a new medium. But it felt very busy in terms of like dialogue. And to me, I think it felt very busy in terms of like exposition, just the and the and that dialogue and exposition was taking up a lot of the art in some cases where it was just like these huge uh, these huge bubbles all over the place explaining every single thing um just a lot a lot of dialogue yeah uh to be fair there are some moments in the uh George Perez or Perez I I've, I've heard it both ways and so I don't know which one it is so I always think both <laughs> Um, but there are some uh, panels in uh, his Wonder Woman run that I've read to up until a certain point. I, I never finished the entire thing, but uh, but there are some pages where there's a lot of detail in, in, in some of those big pages. So I just wanted to 
to defend uh, George Perez or Perez a little <laughs> bit there, but I, I understand what you mean. Cause I think, yeah, that, yeah. And, 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 and back in those days, that's, that's how they were making comics. Yeah. And that's like, I'm not trying to be like a ding on those Wonder Woman comics as we talked about in that Patreon exclusive. Uh, that I liked, was like, <laughs> but we, well, yeah, I liked that run on Wonder Woman a lot. I actually really enjoyed reading them. It's it just, actually made me like the character of Wonder Woman. Ooh, um, yeah, no, I liked that one a lot. I thought there was a lot of good stuff in that run. And also, I think that was just kind of how comics were back then. Because if you go all the way, if you go even further back to like Silver Age stuff, it is like you're reading a novel and also there are a couple of pictures. It's like, yeah. You- the the text on it is so dense and there's so much of it and it's so tiny they're so very tiny obviously made for young young eyes to read um so i kind of felt like it was a maybe a more you know more of a throwback in terms of like the amount of text and and that kind of design aspect of it than like i'll read a lot of modern comics where you know, there's not maybe not as much dialogue or there's not as much dialogue on, on like every single panel. Yeah, I think this this issue, it, it was perfectly fine. I enjoyed reading it, uh, but I do think the uh, the art could have been given a little more creativity. I think I think it was maybe possibly uh, handicapped a little bit because there was so much exposition and dialogue that uh, I think the artists uh, tried to do as much as could be done, uh, uh, showing images to back up the dialogue, but also helping to tell the story. So I think there was a little bit of a handicap uh, they put on there um, because of the dialogue. So I'll try to give uh, the issue a little grace on that. Uh, but, I do, <laughs> but I do think the the art could have leaned into uh, helping to tell the, the story visually a little more. Yeah, I will say on, I think it was page 14 when um, Ryan... And Lena have just gotten outside and they're looking at the Wayne Enterprises building and it's sort of like them turn to the side looking at the building in the background that's kind of foregrounded. Um, I liked that. I thought that 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 was a really cool, uh, a really cool shot and a really cool panel. And you see that the new name coming over it in the next panel. And so, yeah, I definitely think that there was a lot of cool um, things that they did with the art. Um, But I, I just I guess I kind of wished it was a little bit pushed a little bit further. Yeah, because you can tell uh, uh, things that are going on with the character uh, just visually with their face. Uh, you can do a lot with the the facial features uh, that you don't have to put dialogue in there. There's there's one panel I can't remember what page it's on where uh, Luke is crying, but it just seemed a little hokey to me because he was crying yeah. a lot. Uh, so I know exactly what panel you mean because I went, uh, (laughs) and I don't know that that's the reaction I was meant to go for. I'm also maybe a little heartless, but I was just like, (laughs) I don't like the way that looks. (laughs) Yeah. There maybe could have been a different way to show that he was visually upset about it instead of making it so cartoony looking. Um, but that's probably be me being uh, overly critical of it. But, uh, but I think the uh, the art, you know, it was a little bit of a disappointment, but I think they captured the likenesses of the actors really well. And, and that's kind of, I think, part of the artistic goal behind these tie-in comics is that you want the characters to look like the actors portraying them on the shows because fans of the shows like us are going to buy these comics and you want to see them look like Katie McGrath. Um, yeah, when you read them. So, uh, and, and so, so I and, think in that it accomplished its goal. 
And I and I think, you know, from both of the art and the writing perspective, it, it can't be easy to write a comic that's tying into a currently running television show that is mentioning a recently wrapped television show that has to be um, the first in a series of all these comics that from different shows that are going to tie in, but also needs to. So it has to be accessible for new readers and it has to be accessible for fans of the show. And that's that's, you know, you're 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 having to service a lot of different audience segments that aren't necessarily the same people. Um, so I think that they definitely did the best that they could. And some of the dialogue really feels clunky because it has to work so hard to like explain things that are happening in Batwoman in case you're not watching Batwoman. And I'm thinking of, I was just scrolling down on, on page 21 um, Ryan is talking and says, if the universe is so sentient, it must have a sick sense of humor to force me to work with Alice, the psycho who killed my mom, Cora, only to have her run away and then turn my best friend evil. Now, that's not a sentence any human person would ever speak. <laughs> but it did help give me some context because I've only I seen two episodes of ex- that one. <laughs> exactly. But now I know what happened with Alice, her mom, Cora, and her best friend. Now- <laughs> Now, if somebody in a conversation with me had, like, said a sentence like that, I'd be like, are you okay? Yeah, it's um, not normal speak. It's, and sometimes it's like, you know, if you read it out loud and it sounds like that, you know, maybe second draft. But uh, <laughs> but again, like, how else would you say that that allows me, the you know, the 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 viewer two seasons behind and Rebecca, the viewer two episodes in to understand, <laughs> to understand who Alice is. <laughs> yeah. That is a difficult task uh, put upon uh, the people creating this issue uh, of <laughs> earth pride. <laughs> so I guess that's a fair point. Uh, Morgan, let's uh, uh, wrap up our discussion here. Uh, overall thoughts. What did you think about this? Uh, this issue earth prime number one, Batwoman. Um, I really liked seeing Lena in comic book form. I would love just a Lena Luthor standalone comic. Um, I think it can be about, I don't know, maybe Lena's taking some some people under her wing, if you will. Maybe she's out in the woods. Maybe it's summer. Maybe it's witch. <laughs> For a summer maybe she has a whistle on maybe she's got a whistle maybe she's like get back to your bunks <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, we should write that comic we listen dc if you're listening to us right now which for a summer colon, exclamation point <laughs> exclamation point the lena luther story <laughs> colon it's still happening. <laughs> <laughs> Clean energy for all. That's um, a really long title. <laughs> it just keeps going and going. But, and I, I mean, I even which for summer aside, which it will never be in my heart. But <laughs> I think I, I really do like seeing Lena in the comic books. I think that she, if they ever wanted to do a Supergirl season seven i guess that would be comic book series i think lena would be a fun comic book character i think if they ever wanted to bring this version of lena luther into other dc titles like they did with dreamer that would be fun too uh i think she's just a fun comic book character she's uh got all that fun science stuff she's got a great wardrobe and also magic okay here's here's what i'm proposing so uh Lena Luther, uh, which for summer exclamation point, I think we should write it. And so I, I think it. maybe at some point down the line, 
we should do a meet like a like a Supergirl radio pitch meeting where we have listeners submit yes. their ideas for which for summer exclamation point <laughs> and then we like, compile it could be like an anthology series it doesn't have to be oh yes have to be continuous you know we could have a listener submit their own uh <laughs> their own stories for which for summer you know luther which for summer <laughs> and i don't know if we could uh commission someone to draw uh the stories i don't know that that might involve a lot of money but it might. It might. Would it be worth it? Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> Would I enjoy it? Definitely yes. <laughs> but maybe, maybe we could write. Maybe we could like use the episode to take uh, pitches. Because I saw this happen at a Dragon Con panel that I went to one time, where um, <laughs> where we created a villain, a comic book villain, and so people like <laughs> shouted out ideas like it should be from a uh, set in a western and. He should have a scar and, and he should be a gambler. Like, and so they, they, nice. they took all these ideas and then the guy like drew what that villain looked like. And we created this whole backstory for this character. So maybe sometime in the future, maybe we could just write a story set in the world of which for a summer exclamation point. <gasps> and that could be an episode of Super Radio. Yes. I love that. I love that <laughs> because I feel like she's getting into all kinds of all kinds of shenanigans out there in the woods. <laughs> you so, know her true home where she's sniffing a branch and putting on a weird wig. I, I feel like this uh, that's where Lena feels most at home. That and the science lab. So uh, so maybe maybe we'll either do a a pitch meeting format or we do a contest where people submit their their best ideas and <laughs> their we'll best pick pitch. The, we'll pick the best one. What if we make them come on and like pitch to us like we are the executives? Oh, I love and, that even more. And they are the creative and we'd be like, I don't know. I don't see it. Like Shark Tank a, or something. Paint me a photo. Yes. Like <laughs> paint me a picture. Where is this going in season two, which for a summer? <laughs> I love this idea. We're going to workshop it. Uh, so we need to get through a lot of our other projects that we're doing first, but uh, maybe on down the line we'll do. But if, for if summer you have a good concept for which for a summer, now is the time where you're going to want to start workshopping that. You're going to want to come in strong to this pitch meeting where we can do nothing for you ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we can pick our favorite and uh, send somebody uh, a prize. We could. We could. Yes. Oh my God! What if we send? What if it's like those old Nickelode Nickelodeon shows, and we send them to Space Camp? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm willing to actually send somebody to a witch's summer camp. Could you imagine, like, just a grown adult in Space Camp? <laughs> my podcast sent me. Fun fact: My brother went to Space Camp. No way! I always and wanted it, to go to Space Camp. His simulation like crashed. <laughs> oh, oh no! But he tell but he tells me it wasn't his fault. He sure. actually did his. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually know somebody who went to Space Camp. That's amazing because though, you always used to be the like the prize on like guts, and I used to be like, who are these lucky kids going to Space Camp? <laughs> but they also had to go on guts. Yeah, they had to listen like uh, a styrofoam uh, boulder smashed into them and they had to survive that. But at the end, <laughs> they got to space camp. It felt like it was worth it. I don't think it was in hindsight. <laughs> so we're not going to send anybody to space camp and or a which is uh, summer camp. Uh, but maybe we'll, we'll send you we something have that in the budget. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe we'll send you something from the T public stuff <laughs> instead. 
it's almost as good. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll you know what of, we should do. Yes, yeah. go ahead. I'm so sorry. Yeah. We should make we should make uh, witch for a summer T-shirts. <gasps> <gasps> And then we even... should send it to the winner. Yes, I think that's very possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in Canva.com, my best we friend need Canva. To do, and we'll we need to do it, it like like an old camp shirt, but then <gasps> there's like a witch's hat. Okay, we're we're definitely doing this. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear it all summer. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're definitely doing a a, a witch for a summer exclamation Merch. point uh, <laughs> collection. All right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope everybody's in for that. Uh, coming soon. Uh, Supergirl Radio. Uh, late twenty twenty two. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, I guess uh, my overall thoughts are: uh, it was nice to see Lena in a comic. Uh, I thought uh, it was an enjoyable read. I liked the the Clayface aspect. I think he's a really interesting uh, bat villain. So I was glad to see Clayface in there. It did help catch me up on what's going on with Batwoman. So I guess there's that. Uh, uh, but I think the Lena Luther of it maybe could have been written a little better to where, uh, it sounded to me like, uh, Katie McGrath's Lena Luther, but I appreciate that they used her, uh, purple Luther suit and, uh, she very much looked like Katie McGrath. So I will give it points for that. Uh, so if you do want to go, uh, check that out. You can uh, go uh, to Amazon, Kindle, Apple iBooks, Barnes & Noble, Nook, Comixology, Google Books, and Read DC if you want to pick up Earth Prime number one. Batwoman if you haven't done it already. And uh, uh, Comixology is still weird. Uh, my complaints <laughs> are still there, uh, mm-hmm, but I'm mm-hmm. but I'm still reading it <laughs> through Comixology. You could probably also find it at your at your local comic book store. Uh, so definitely go uh, support uh, support your uh, your local shop if you have one. And I think that the next uh, issue in this in this Earth Prime run is Superman and Lois. That seems right. Feels I have not correct. I have not read it so yet. We can be assured Supergirl won't show up in that one. I don't think there's probably <laughs> probably not. She doesn't even Supergirl exist movie. on that no. show. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, well, uh, should we get into some listener feedback? We sure should. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, we have an email from Mara who wrote in to say, I just listened to your latest podcast and it was great. I wanted to thank you guys and the legendary ladies for featuring Cancer Gets Lost. What a cool way to raise money for cancer charities. I love that they chose a new ch- uh, they choose a new charity each time to spread the word and funds, especially for lesser known cancers. Everyone is impacted by cancer in some way, and this is such a fun way to help out. I also love that you both got so into the blank slate pirate pilot info. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Alexander McCoy email. Yes, uh, finally. Uh, I've been wondering what's going on with him. International man of mystery. <laughs> I honestly kind of forgot about that, but now it's back and I, I'm really excited about this. Uh, so Mara goes on to say, I, for one, was in when you said Matt Passmore. He was on this show a while ago on A&E called The Glades that my husband and I totally watched and enjoyed. It was a cop show that took place in Florida and the logo was an orange with a knife sticking out and blood running down the sides. Uh, he was good in it and does a really good American accent. He is Australian. 
oh my God, a new piece of the puzzle. <laughs> the place. I wonder if he'll be Australian on the show. Uh, Mara said, highly recommend so you can prepare yourselves for this ghost guy he will possibly be playing. Uh, NBC is very into those spy what is happening. I am so confused shows. I really liked Blind Spot though. Hopefully it will be like that. Uh, anyway, keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the comics and Supergirl on film. If the Flash ever comes out it won't Mara. It it's, won't. it's never coming out so uh we'll, we'll we'll let you know if it ever does but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't uh count on it anytime soon uh uh morgan are you curious about the glades with the the, the I orange am. I, I, I am i meant to create i meant i meant to create like a like a uh, an overlay for this, but so hopefully you can see. Oh, it. I see the, I see it though. I googled it. Oh, Sunny with a chance of homicide. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good tagline. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Uh, so that's good to know about that show. Uh, when when Mara mentioned the uh, the orange with a knife sticking out of it, I was like, what? What? That, that can't be right. I don't know. I kind of like it. I think they I think they did a great job here. I think this tells me everything I need to know about this show. And uh, <laughs> maybe I'll check it out. So I just wanted to share that in case you hadn't seen it before, like I hadn't. Amazing. Oh. Well, I hope we keep up to date on the new information as it unfolds about this about this show because I I have so many questions and I need all of the answers. Is he a ghost? Is he real? <laughs> I don't know what's going to be happening. Is he an urban legend <laughs> coming to life? <laughs> maybe we'll set. Uh, maybe we will have to set like a Google News alert just in case uh, new <laughs> any, information any of a blank slate comes up, and we'll fill everybody in on the Alexander <laughs> McCoy news. There'll just be a just there'll just be a segment on the show where it's like, what the McCoy? <laughs> <laughs> Just be, just be news about what's happening with that show. <laughs> if that show never airs, I will be so heartbroken. If it does not get picked up, we are going to be devastated. That is upsetting. Uh, we're not going to. We're only good thoughts for Blank Slate and Alexander McCoy. All right. Well, I think we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast too, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you. Don't
Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Starro Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, TCTV After Dark, where you're allowed to say f- yeah, do you want to tell people about the team public story? I cannot wait. I was wondering, <laughs> wondering how long we could uh, let that silence linger. <laughs> just, just, just let that, that moment just sit. Like, just let it hang there. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to ruin that by reading things off of this document. Uh, <laughs> Since we talked about Katie McGraw's Lena Luther appearing in comic form, we have some Lena Luther designs in the Tea Public store. And I guess coming soon, uh, which for a summer exclamation point. <laughs> uh, so set an alert for that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, we do have some Lena Luther designs in the Tea Public store if you are so inclined to check that out. Uh, we also want to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, these people are Michael, Sam, Anne Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Erngard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, and Ethan. If you would like to become a Legion of a Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. And we have four monthly levels. So if you want to check out uh, those things, you can go to the uh, Patreon website and uh, become a supporter of the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Helps us keep the lights on uh, for the podcast with podcasting fees and uh, gives us the ability to do cool things for our listeners and our community. And uh, uh, recently, uh, we recorded a couple things, uh, a story about uh, Bunsen uh and a donut that Morgan recounted uh, for me. So that's uh, currently up for Supergirl Radio uh, Patreon supporters <laughs> uh, in the Snappy Listener and Boardroom uh, Boss uh, sections of the Patreon. But also uh, the Ace Reporters are going to be getting a quarterly review of Wonder Woman Bloodlines this week. And uh, sorry, my apologies, my personal apologies to everybody for them being late I've had a lot going on uh, with work, so I'm a little bit behind on my life, but uh, we're going to get back in the swing of things now that uh, things are slowing down. Maybe just a little bit for me, but not by much, but uh, hopefully <laughs> we'll get back to a more regular uh, Patreon schedule. Nice. Uh, all right. So uh, you can also follow me on the social media platform uh, Vero at Derby Kid and Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, you can also check me out on my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, where I am currently going through uh, a project of looking at the top critics' reviews from Rotten Tomatoes of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice and seeing why they didn't like the film. And uh, a lot of times they don't have a lot of good reasons for it. So I'm not real impressed, but it gives me a, an opportunity to talk about art criticism and how to review a film. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun to dig into and just asking the question, what is art and how do you talk about it? What is art? <laughs> what is art? Is it paintings of horses? Yes, it is paintings of horses. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you want to come uh, uh, check that out and hang out with me while we talk about that, you can uh, go to my personal YouTube channel on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern and join me for those live streams. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. Uh, you can also find me on DCTV After Dark, where we need to start thinking about what we're doing for our next episode. Oh, that might Fun. be good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're 
are bad at this scheduling. <laughs> um, and you can also find me on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We are releasing this week our fan feedback episode on um, on season seven. So that's all of the stuff that you guys have sent us on the last season and also a um, hundred things that we love about the show. I don't think we got a hundred. I think we got to the upper sixties though, which is impressive. And, uh, and then also last night, just as a teaser, um, we, so many people mentioned Riverdale and how weird it was. And we were like, this is, it makes no sense to us. And then we floated the concept of doing like we make Sarah do a drunk uh, Riverdale episode where we're watching the show without any context. And we did it. We watched. <laughs> I had a, I had a good two glasses of wine. Amy had more wine than she usually has. She said that a lot during that <laughs> podcast episode. So if you're drinking along at home, you're going to want to drink every time. She's like, I never drink. Uh, and. <laughs> But drink responsibly because you're not going to make it to the end. Uh, <laughs> and we had a, a, one of our great listeners sent us in a drinking game to play with the show. Because, again, I have – Kat and I watched season one. Uh, Amy's watched none of it. Uh, <laughs> so we had no context for uh, – we had – we did a Riverdale March Madness on our Twitter account where we started out with, like, 12 episodes. And then we had people vote until they voted on the uh, winning episode – which was the season finale of uh, season three, which was w truly wild. There was a character <laughs> named Edgar Evernever. <laughs> it's a real name of a real character on the show. He was harvesting organs. And mm. that's really what, where I'm going to leave it, where that was <laughs> one of the more normal things that was happening on that episode <laughs> of Riverdale. Um, so we did a drunk Riverdale episode. We had a, a viewer send us in the drinking game and some discussion questions for mm, afterwards. That's nice. And then we just tried to guess what was happening on that show. So that episode will probably be uh, will probably be releasing in a couple of weeks. Um, so definitely, if you like Riverdale, even if you don't listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast normally, it might be fun to listen to a couple of people who've never watched Riverdale who have partaken in a few beverages, <laughs> try to figure out what they just watched. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I always listen to the legends of tomorrow podcast, even though I don't watch the show, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm definitely excited uh, for that episode. So I, I can hear uh, how many times Amy talks about how she, <laughs> she never drinks. Uh, that's very exciting. Uh, I've, and I've never seen Riverdale. So I'll be, I'll be consuming Riverdale like I consume <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> so it, we, it'll be pretty normal for me. Yeah, we went on a whole, a, really a whole journey with that episode where we were like, uh, did Archie just say he's previously fought a bear? Oh. Sure. Why yeah. not? Okay. Why not? Why Let's not? Go with it. There was cults. There was, uh, you know, well, well, you love cults, so I'm, I'm I love sure that... cults, so it felt right at home for me. <laughs> uh, there were dinner parties. There was so much exposition. There was one scene in which we, pro I probably because of the drinking game, drank an entire glass of wine in wow. one scene, oh. and I was like, oh no, I'm ten minutes in and I've drank one glass already. That's bad. <laughs> 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 so uh, definitely if you're a Riverdale fan, I think that's a fun episode to, to try out because we had no idea what was happening. 
Well, looking forward to it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, it takes patience and understanding to see there's more to life than vengeance. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.